slide all over. Alright. So, so we're back for, uh, this is the third in my Christmas series that I started last Sunday. Now, the first one was last Sunday. The second one was at Clifton in the afternoon. Those of you that were able to come to Clifton. Now, obviously you all weren't there. If you want to catch up, the service is uploaded on our website if you want to have a look at, at part two. But today is part three. We started talking about last Sunday, God has a plan. Do you believe that? God has a plan no matter what season you're going through, no matter what's going on. Uh, you might not see the plan coming to pass before your very eyes right now, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan. So that's an encouragement for people that are perhaps on the journey from A to B and you haven't seen it come to pass yet, but but you're wondering, oh, when's this going to happen? And, you know, I want it yesterday. When's it? And you're feeling maybe starting to feel a little discouraged because it hasn't come to pass. But I want to encourage you that in that season, God still has a plan. Go to the next one, Elijah. We talked about in Clifton that Jesus completes God's plan. He was the completion. He was the he was the one that came into the world so that he could die on a cross for you and for me so that our sins could be forgiven. And so Jesus completes God's plan. You can't have completion of God's plan without Christ because we all need Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So now this is week three of good things. Everyone say good things. Good things. Good things. I know you've been patiently waiting for Christmas. Who's patient? talked about that last time too, didn't we? Maybe impatiently waiting. I don't know. But good things come to those who wait. We shared that last week. So while we continue waiting, let's see if we can identify some of the good things. Now you're wondering, why is this whiteboard here? And why is Pastor Jeremy over here? Well, you're about to find out. If we can go to the next slide. All right, we can play Pictionary. Yeah. And uh, this is a Christmas edition of Pictionary. Yeah. Now, I need to split you into two teams. And so there'll be this invisible line right down the middle. So you're over here. You're over here. You're over here. You're over here. Tom, you're over here. Over there. Green shirt, cool looking dude with sunnies on. You're over there. Okay, you've got the line. Gloria, you're on this side. Okay, good. This is the teams. This is Team Alpha. So everyone say Team Alpha. Oh, and Team Beta. Beta. Okay. B, B stands for better. Did you know that? You know, straight away you think, oh, A is very excellent, and B is, you know, okay. But no, B is better. Anyway, we'll see. We'll find out. What you need to do is you need to lo- nominate from your team a volunteer. So everybody point to someone. <laughs> you want to? You don't want to point to yourself. But we need people. So I need. We're going to start with Team Alpha. So I need someone from this team to come up. And I'm really good at picking volunteers if you don't come, if you don't come. Everyone's pointing to you in the green dress. Come on up here, come on up. Give her a big hand. She's shy, it's okay. Come on up. Come, come, come. It's not scary, it's okay. It's all good, it's all good. Come on up, join me up here. Now, tell everybody your name. Melina. Melina. Uh, and she's not shy at all, can you see? She keeps moving away. Now, I need these bowls here. Give me these bowls. So, what you need to do is, in here, you're going to draw something out. And you actually, whatever's written on there, you need to draw on here. And your team needs to identify what you're drawing. Okay, that's what Pictionary is. But in this bowl, this is like changing the game up a bit and making it a little bit tricky. Okay, so, so maybe draw this one first. Pick one, just pick one, anyone. Okay, 
what does it say? It says, okay, it says blindfolded, okay? So she has to draw blindfolded. Anita's going to come up, but before you do it, you need to draw, draw out of here. Now, we don't tell anybody what this one is. You take one of these, and this is what you need to draw. Let's go again. <laughs> okay, all right. So, she knows what she's drawing. She's getting blindfolded. What was her name again? It was Ma Marlena. Marlena. Let's see what Marlena can do. I'm going to time. So let's get the blindfold on, because it's all about how quickly your team recognizes what it is that you're doing. Okay, so if you put the pen in her hand, Nick, oh, you've done that? Okay, ready? Now, can all of you see? Try and make sure you can see what she's doing. Uh, you've got to call out and guess what you think it is, okay? So, your time starts now. Start. What time of year is it? Big star. Christmas. Christmas star. Christmas star. Okay, that was 15 seconds. That was a good effort. Look how good her star is. All right, let's rub that out. So 15 seconds is the time to beat uh, Team Beta. So who is volunteering from Team Beta? Ben is apparently. Everyone's pointing to Ben. All right, so you need to draw from this, because this is, this is, the, complication. This is the complication. What does it say? Use your opposite hand. Use your opposite hand. <laughs> so what do you normally... Down there, so I mean, she'll have to make a point the left hand. Yeah, yeah, what do you normally write? Right, so you're going to be drawing left-handed. So that'll be interesting, and this is what you'll be drawing, but don't shout this out, because this is between you and me. Bazooka! <laughs> okay, so you know what you're drawing. Wait for the timer. Your time starts now. Try to stand in the road of it. Oh, that was six seconds. Well done. It's a candy cane. That's impressive. Give them a round of applause. That was really good. All right. We have time for two more. So, so six seconds is the winning time at the moment. You might be asking, what is our prize? Your prize is bragging rights. Okay. So... Who's coming? Last opportunity for team. Me. Everyone's pointing to Jeremy. Jeremy! Everyone's pointing to Jeremy. You need to come up, Jeremy. Give him a big hand as he comes. Alright. Come on over here. Come on over here. Jeremy, just tell everyone your name. It's Jeremy. Alright. Draw one. What does it say? Let's see what it says. Draw over your shoulder. So you have to draw like this, okay? Okay? That's really hard, isn't it? You got a hard one. Let's just see what you're drawing. Don't say this out loud, This is just so you know what you're doing. Do you know what that is? Put it back. Put it in this <laughs> All right. We've drawn out twice 
uh, wreath, you know, like Christmas wreath. And none of the islanders would know what that is. <laughs> That's okay. All right, so he's drawing over his shoulder. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta turn. Let's do drawing. Yeah, that's better. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> Your time starts now. <laughs> this is gonna be hard. This is hard. Slide. Worm. Right It's not a Picasso, you can just draw it. I said slide. Present. Second candy cane. I don't even know what you're drawing it on. <laughs> what do kids get for Christmas? Present. Oh, yeah, but something else like that. So, oh, a train? Is that Stocking. Toy. Stocking. Toy. Toys. Okay. 56 seconds. <laughs> what is this? How is this toys? Oh, it's parts that you put together. Okay. Give him a hand, he tried very hard. <laughs> oh dear. Alright, team, you're pretty much the winners because 56 seconds is a long way from six. But we have one more. Who's going to, who are you pointing to? Pastor John! They've nominated you, Pastor John. Come on, give him a hand. Alright, there is only one more tricky thing to do, so you just gotta, what does this say? What's it say? Draw it upside down. Draw it upside down. <laughs> so, so that's all good. Now, whatever you're drawing is, you're, you're drawing, uh, so you, you take one of these. You don't say it because it's a secret. Okay. okay, wait, your time starts now. Drawing will be crooked a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Remember, it's upside down. Uh, John, we also want to see what you're drawing. This is inspiring. Santa. Oh. 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 <laughs> I'll give you a clue because I gave them a clue. You can eat it. Fingerland man! Oh! What an incredible uh, gingerbread man. Round of applause for John. Round of Uh, that was a bit of fun, right? It was cool because when Anita and I were courting each other before we got married, um, we went and hung out with her sister and her husband, and they'd been married for I don't know how long by then, but a little while. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, and we played them a Pictionary. Now you know when you play with your spouse, you start to learn how well you know them. Well, we weren't married yet, but man, did we dominate Pictionary. <laughs> they couldn't understand how we were so good, and it was just another sign that we were meant to be. 
<laughs> dominated Pictionary. So, praise the Lord for intuition. I don't know, what do you call it? Connection. Something like that. Let's go to the next slide, um, Elijah. What three things bring you the most joy at Christmas? That's what I want to know. Throw it at me. Put your hands up and I'll, I'll get you to yell it out. Three things. Lack of school work. Lack of school work. Sleep. Sleep. What was the middle one? Food. Food. Okay, that's important for a young person. Food. Yes, Ellen? Family. Two more. There's three things. Family. Air conditioning. <laughs> Air conditioning. Okay. Christmas carols. That's cool. Hey. Family. Pastor John. Joy, love, and gifts. Joy, love, and gifts. Yeah. The, the gifts yeah. of Jesus coming, right? No, no. But you like gifts as well. Yeah. yeah show me the presents. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Lily. Food. Food. What was the first one? Swimming. Swimming in the dam. Right. In the pool. <laughs> in the ocean. And did you say sleep? Is that after food? So the food coma, then you sleep. Yeah. Uh, anything else? What are you looking forward to? Christmas time. Rest. That's a good one. Anything else? <laughs> the Christmas season is filled with many good things. Everyone say good things. Good things. From the little details that are easy to overlook to the big Christmas moments with our families and our community. And, and we covered off on a lot of different uh, things just then. But see, there's a lot of reasons. If we go to the next slide. There's a lot of reasons that uh, we, we could find joy at Christmas time together. So our favourite Christmas movies. Who has a favourite Christmas movie? I know as a kid, oh, I really enjoyed watching oh, Home Alone. Yeah. Who's seen Home Alone? No. And knows what I'm talking about. Did we go to the next slide? I don't think we did. Mm. Need to pay attention, Elijah, today. Sorry. Uh, oh no, go back. You've gone too far. You've gone too far. There. Okay. Uh, I, I like Home Alone. It's got Macaulay Culkin as a little boy, and he's left home by a series of accidents that have happened, and he's just been left behind. And uh, these two robbers try to come and invade the house. And he sets up all these traps and all these gizmos. And, and, and the, the, the two, who's seen it? The two thieves end up in so much pain and they end up getting caught by the police all because of a little boy uh, that set up this house of tricks for them to get uh, trapped in. But that story had a happy ending because the family ended up coming home. You know, when you watch Hollywood stuff, there's always the happy ending. Everything's always good by the end, usually, in most stories. But let's be honest, our actual Christmases are not always perfect like Hollywood, right? We wish they were. Everyone's getting along, everyone's happy, we're eating a lovely meal around the table, nobody's fighting, kids aren't screaming. But the reality is, kids always scream. <laughs> and Christmas isn't always perfect. You know, unless it's a Christmas movie uh, like this. Let's play that movie if we can. Hopefully it works. I want all day and night to find you. Uh, Just turn off. Oh. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly where I came from. Santa must have told you. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you don't know that. Just got some cell Did? So, go on. Go on with what? Like, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Um, yeah, anything for you then, um, I, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met, 
and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> and um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm right here now. I found you, baby. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. That's weird. <laughs> oh, let's go to the next slide. Thanks, Elijah. And can anyone relate to Buddy the Elf? I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's, uh, not all of you will have seen it. But here's the thing. He finally, that's his dad. But his dad doesn't know about him. So this is them meeting for the very first time. But the elf was totally overjoyed and excited. But then his dad kind of ruined the moment. He's like, oh, that was a bit weird. You know, he's obviously a, a busy businessman and thought it was just some singing elf coming to sing him some Christmas greeting from someone. So the moment kind of just got ruined, didn't it? It was like, Dad, I'm here for the first time. He's like, oh, that's pretty weird. So he really put a dampener on Christmas. And I'm sure you can think of times with Christmas has gone by that you've celebrated where maybe something's happened and Christmas hasn't been the happy, joyful. You know, maybe it's like that for you this year for different reasons. I know if we're, when uh, Anita's mum passed away in 2014, so I had a car accident in October that year, and so I was recovering from that. But then we got phoned with the news that Anita's mum, December, I don't the exact day, 17th, like a week before Christmas, there was a big storm on the Sunshine Coast and they were driving in it and unfortunately had a car accident and Nina's mum passed away. That was a really rough Christmas for us. It really took the joy for us out of Christmas because we were in mourning. We'd lost a parent. And uh, it was a really tough season that we went through. Uh, Christmas doesn't always work out perfect. In fact, not just Christmas, but life in general. We'd love to just be cruising along and every day is great, but sometimes things happen. I mean, I don't know about you, but maybe you've lost a loved one this year. Maybe you're exhausted because you're splitting time between divorced parents. I don't know if that's your situation. Uh, maybe you don't have the means to exchange the kind of gifts you'd like to exchange this year, and that's really affecting you. Uh, maybe you're having to spend more time with family members who frustrate or hurt you because Uncle Old Mate's coming to Christmas and you can't avoid him, and you really don't want to be in the same room as him, but it's Christmas and you come together and, and it's tough. So, so this Christmas, you might be carrying some feelings, some stress, some burdens that don't feel very joyful at all. Or, or if you're not, you probably know someone who is doing it tough this Christmas. So what do we do about all of this joy that's around us when we really don't feel like celebrating? It's a good question to ask. Is it possible to even find joy when it's difficult? And is there something about the Christmas story specifically that can unlock the secret of joy? Well, they're all good questions to ask, and hopefully we're going to touch on them in the 10 minutes that I have left. Lord have mercy. So for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the Christmas story. I can go a bit longer, can't you? are all here for lunch, so we have got plenty of time. For the last few weeks, we'll finish by about 2 o'clock. We've been talking about the Christmas story. But, but not in the way you might usually have seen it. Now, you, usually the Christmas story is about baby Jesus, the manger, some smelly sheep, uh, and, and a star uh, in the sky. But the story of Christmas is actually much bigger than these events. Uh, to understand the Christmas story, we have to go back in time, and we did that last week, all the way back to the beginning, where God's Christmas plans really got started. It started in Genesis, uh, when sin entered the world for the very first time. And then there was the promise of a child who would one day 
come to defeat sin forever. And then over time, God began leaving more and more clues about the plans that were in store. Then prophets like Jeremiah, who we read last week, and Malachi, said the Saviour was on the way. All this time, all these people that didn't see the Saviour come, but had to just trust that God had a plan throughout that season. Many, many years. All of these plans unfolded over the course of thousands of years. Generations of God's people eagerly and, and often, I guess, impatiently, if they're anything like us, uh, awaiting their coming Saviour. So one of God's prophets was a man named Zephaniah. And he spoke on God's behalf to the Israelites, God's chosen people. And he was there during the reign of King Josiah. And King Josiah was only eight years old when he became king, and the nation he inherited was a mess. Can you imagine an eight-year-old? My son's about to turn ten. So can you imagine an eight-year-old inheriting a nation that was falling to bits? Israel, like it is often done in the past, had turned away from God. That's why they were falling apart. God's people were disobeying uh, God and they were worshipping false gods. They were doing all the things that were wrong. But Israel and its people had turned away from each other as well. People were hoarding power and wealth for themselves. People became greedy while ignoring the needs of people who actually needed help. They lost focus on what really mattered. So that's a lot to handle for anyone, let alone an eight-year-old. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if you became the ruler of a nation now, even at the age that you're at? You know, if you were king or queen, you'd be responsible for so many things. But math, homework, or work tasks, or you know, whatever it is that you're responsible for, uh, doesn't quite uh, cut it when it comes to being king or queen. There's much bigger tasks uh, to take care of. So because this was such a big job for King Josiah, Josiah looked to the prophets for help, and he, that includes the prophet Zephaniah. And Zephaniah spoke on God's behalf to help Josiah make decisions that would please God and protect God's people. So praise the Lord for Zephaniah. I'm sure Josiah was very grateful. Uh, Zephaniah's message, it wasn't an easy one. He called out all the things that were broken and all the things that were painful about Israel. So he's pointing his finger at these things. And he didn't ignore them. But then he said this. Let, let's um, put it up on the screen, Elijah. And um, it says this, Zephaniah 3, verses 14 to 20. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He's cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. That would be encouraging, given the disaster that they found themselves in. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God in your midst, the Mighty One, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love, and He will rejoice over you with singing. Next slide. I'll gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at that time I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who are driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. At that time I will bring you back, even at the time I gather you, for I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. 
What a beautiful promise in the midst of craziness. Amen. God speaks to us in our deepest, darkest, challenging moments. And he sings and rejoices over us. Even when we're in those valleys and those difficult times, if we can hold in faith to the knowledge that our God loves us so much that he sings over us. He loves us so much that despite what we do, he sent Jesus for us. Aren't we blessed? Aren't we blessed to have Jesus who would come and die for us when we didn't even deserve it? We didn't even uh, do anything to gain that favour because he loved us first, which I'm so blessed by every single day. So even when so much was wrong, Zephaniah had a message of joy for God's people. So everything was terrible and useless, but there was joy in the word of the Lord. He told them to have joy because God forgives us. God protects us. God is with us. And one day God will send a saviour. That's great joy. That's cause for great joy. Amen. Of course, God did one day send a saviour after this time. And it was Jesus. We know that because we know our Bibles. God came to earth in the form of baby Jesus around more than 2,000 years ago now. He was announced by angels and celebrated in songs of worship. But the joy that surrounded Jesus' birth was only the beginning. That was like the start. People sort of saw it as a conclusion because all these prophecies were filled, but it's really just the beginning when Jesus first came to the planet. Let's read Luke, if we can skip through Elijah to uh, Luke, the next one. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 38. It's a lot of scripture, but stay with me. Follow along. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. You might have read about him before. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He's got no reason to be impatient. He's been told, you are going to see the Savior before you die. Isn't that a beautiful promise for someone to receive? Thousands of years of people being told there's a Savior coming. Thousands of years of generations not seeing the Savior coming. Thousands of years of generations losing heart, moving away from God because they haven't continued to trust that God has a plan. And, but this person, Simeon, has this assurance from the Holy Spirit that Jesus is going to complete God's plan and he's going to get to see it come to pass. So, came, verse 27, by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. In other words, I can die now because I've seen the Savior. Now, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Next slide. Which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Next slide. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. 
And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. See, Simeon and Anna had waited their whole lives for the Saviour to arrive. And I'm sure they thought it was possible that uh, they would die without seeing the fulfilment of God's promises. Since humanity had been waiting thousands of years for God's plans to be fulfilled, you can appreciate maybe a little bit of doubt, maybe a little bit of, oh, we're really going to get to see this. You know, when they had the chance to see and hold baby Jesus in person, can you imagine the joy that they felt? I mean, imagine if you got to hold the baby Jesus. Wow. You would just be like in awe of how great is our God. So when they had the chance to see and hold baby Jesus in person, they just overflowed with joy. They've gone through this season of difficult times, of promises after promises after promises. God's at work. God's got a plan. The Savior's coming. When is he coming? Finally, they are overwhelmed with joy. God's promise was finally coming true. They got to see it with their own eyes. They got to hold their Savior God himself in their arms. And in the entire course of human history, they were fortunate enough to live in the precise moment and location that God chose to change everything forever. How much joy would you be filled with if that was you? When Simeon and Anna met Jesus, they couldn't contain their joy. They praised God. They told everyone they could about the incredible things that God was doing. Through their words and their actions, the message was clear. God had a plan, and Jesus completes that plan. And if we go to the next slide, and the next one. Jesus brings joy. He is our source of joy. Notice I'm saying that Jesus doesn't bring happiness. You know, they're two very different things. I've spoken on that before. Remember the science experiment with the balloon and then the fire and the happiness, the balloon just pops. But when you are filled with joy by the Holy Spirit, we fill the balloon with water. And when you try and burn the balloon, science says, no, it's not popping and it doesn't pop. Had you ever feel this nervous? And <laughs> it was going to go water everywhere. But amazingly, the balloon doesn't pop when the fire touches it and it's filled with water. Water is symbolic of the joy of the Holy Ghost because it holds us together. Happiness is a feeling that depends on your circumstances. Now, if things are going great, you're having a good day, well, I feel happy today. But if things aren't going great, then you're not happy, are you? You're upset, you're annoyed, you're sad, whatever. You could say happiness is connected to what's happening. When, when that's happening, when, when what's happening is frustrating, scary, or discouraging, it's difficult to feel happy. But joy is more than a feeling. It's more than a feeling that happens to us. Joy is something you can experience even when your circumstances are difficult or painful. See, joy doesn't deny that problems exist. We live in a fallen world, and many of you in this room are having challenging times. But your joy doesn't have to be dictated to by those things. Joy knows problems exist, but doesn't give them all the power. See, you can fake happiness, but you can't fake joy. You can come in and pretend to be all smiles and you know, but eventually people will see what's going on in your world. Happiness can easily be taken away, but joy can't when it's found in Christ. You can feel happy, but you can choose joy. 
Joy can create happiness, but happiness can't create joy. So when you've lost your happiness, when you're full of sorrow, when difficult times are upon you, find your joy in Jesus, because he's a constant in your life. He doesn't change. God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so hold on to that promise that he doesn't change. Let that be your source of joy, because happiness comes from circumstances, but joy comes from God. Happiness is shallow, but joy goes real deep. Joy is a deep thing. You know, rewind to my story about Anita and I the year that her mum passed away. And Christmas was a really difficult time. When we first found out that she passed away, you won't mind me sharing this, we've shared it before. Anita was like, I'm going in there to raise her from the dead. Because my mum is too young. She was 57, 58. Still too young. So Anita was full of faith to go in and raise her from the dead. And I was like, wow, how do I respond to that? Because I mean, I admire the faith. At the same time, she's in heaven now, rejoicing with Jesus. So I just did what any wise husband would do, and I zipped thine lips and just said, whatever. But it's funny because Anita went in there. Because you've got to view the body and identify the body and whatever. And that's when the needle's going to bring down the heavens with prayer to believe for a, a raising from the dead moment. And she saw the look on her mum's face. And she just looked at peace. Like, that's the only way we can explain it. And in that moment, Anita realised that her mum was in heaven with Jesus. And... How dare we call her back down? She's up there rejoicing. I mean, we're sad. We've lost a mother. We miss her. We're mourning. We, we, everything within us wants her here. But at the same time, man, she's in a better place. And there's a whole backstory to her own life and what, her, uh, what she was going through. And, and we just had a revelation that, you know what, she is in a much better place. You know, when we came to that realization, there was a joy that came with that. Can't explain it. We weren't happy. We still wanted her here. But there was this joy and this peace that came when we had that revelation. It took time. It didn't just happen. But when we went on that journey and we realized she's rejoicing with Jesus. She's talked about this moment her whole life when she gets to meet him and be with him and rejoice with him. And so we found joy in Jesus through the peace that was given when we had that revelation. So Jesus never promised to make us happy. He never said he'd make our dreams come true or he'd solve every problem that, we, that we've got or he'd answer all our prayers with a yes or he'd make all our difficulties go away. It doesn't say that anywhere in the word of God. And I'm sorry if you've been told that before. Difficulty, pain and conflict are unavoidable parts of life, whether you're a Christian or not. But Jesus comes through for us by providing us with a deep joy that we can cling on to in our most challenging times. You see, we all bear invisible scars. I finished with this last Sunday and we're coming to a close now. We all bear invisible scars left by the difficulties that we've faced. You look at everyone, you can't see what people have been through unless they open up and share with you about what they've gone through. But sometimes these scars are from losses, that these scars are losses from things that aren't anyone's fault. You know, maybe 
we, we, we can't blame the car accident on any particular person. It's just that a tree fell over the highway in a bad storm and unfortunately it caused an accident. Maybe you've lost a loved one and your family feels like it's falling apart. You know, maybe the world seems dark and scary to you right now. Sometimes these scars are the result of rejection and you've experienced rejection this year. Or maybe neglect or intentional harm from others or challenging things like that. Maybe maybe a friend has betrayed your trust this year or a parent has lashed out in anger at you. Uh, maybe, maybe the coach of the Solomon Islanders team has been hard on you because you're not running fast enough, I don't know. I don't know. This Christmas, when your circumstances are making it difficult to feel happy, remember that God loves and rejoices over you. He sings over you. Reflect on the good things that God has given or done for you in the past. It's challenging when you're in a difficult circumstance because it consumes you. But you've got to try and just get your head above water and remember how faithful your God is. Remember what he's done for you in the past. Remember the the, the blessings, the the great moments in your history. Hold on to those moments. Focus on the good things that God promises us and look to Jesus as your unchanging source of joy. I've got a song I want to finish with. Can we click through? Elijah, you have to wake up now. Keep going through.
You know, at Christmas time, you might not always feel like singing joy to the world. Well, that was fun. But here's the thing I've discovered. With Jesus, joy is always possible, even when happiness isn't. Because joy runs deeper than our circumstances. This Christmas, God has already offered you this gift. This Christmas, we've been talking about God has a plan. Go to the next slide, Elijah. God has a plan. Next one, next one. There it is. God has a plan. And the next one, Jesus completes God's plan. And then lastly, Jesus brings us joy. Now we're about to come to a close, but I want to pray for people before we finish this morning and have an awesome, joy-filled celebration for Carol's 75th birthday. But you might be in the room today and you feel that you're struggling with what I've shared today. Could we all just stand to our feet just in this moment as we close? And if that's you, why don't you just reach out to God in this moment? And I'm going to pray and believe by faith that the joy of the Lord will be your strength in the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of your difficult time, that Jesus would touch your heart today and fill it with joy. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everyone in the room. We know that there are people in this place that are struggling at this time of year that are challenged with bad news and whatever's going on in their world. But what we do know, Lord, is that you are our source of joy. And joy isn't reliant on feelings. Joy is found in you. So I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice today that they would receive you. Not just this Christmas, but every day, Lord, that they would receive you, that you would be their portion, that your presence, that your Holy Spirit would touch each person and fill them, fill them to overflowing with joy in Jesus' name. So, Father God, we thank you for all that you've done through your Son, Jesus. And we receive that joy. We receive that strength, that peace, that inner knowing that you are with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And so we thank you and we receive your joy in this place today, in Jesus' name. Everyone say, Amen. If you're in this place and you